Troy, and we're on the dock right here. We got our team assembled on the dock team assembled. We're ready to go here. We're going to jump into this in a second. Just remind you on the dock is all about conversations that'll get you out of that comfort zone and into the deep things of God. So we want you to join us today for a great ride out. We got a great credo statement. We want you to be a part of it and let's live to ride today for Jesus Christ. Hey, we're on the dock. We're watching. You can watch us through YouTube. You can watch us through YouTube. You can watch us on Facebook. You can watch us on Roku. You got to download the SermonNet app and look for on the dock with Pastor Troy. You can watch us on Rumble or you can listen to us on iTunes. Spotify, or Google Play. You can also find out what's going on with us, talk to us, chat with us on our social media partners, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and Getter. We'd love to hear from you. When you find us, please hit subscribe, notify, like, get those things coming so when we put our stuff out every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, you can be a part of what's happening here at On The Dock. Hit notification, let other people know. We'd love to hear from you and tell other people about us. We love that. And if you'd like to be a partner with us, we'd love to have you through Patreon. That's our partner site. Go to Patreon, download the app if you want to, or you can go to onthedock.org and you can get the a link to it but either way when you get to there to patreon you will see we have four tiers of partnerships love to have you as a partner we'd also have three tiers if you'd like to be a sponsor we can really do some cool things with you check those out there's lots of details there and you can find that again by going on the doc.org you can find an embedded viewer along with, along with links to get to all of our websites and if you have any questions don't know how to do something email us at info at on the doc.org i'm at the table today we're at the cottonwood table here Beautiful studio here. Studio, we're in Studio A. We haven't done anything in Studio B yet. We got to do a show from Studio B soon, Lucas. I think we need to do a Studio B set. Maybe in the new year we'll do something. Yeah, if you're doing like a one-on-one, it would probably yeah. be good over there. Yeah, we'll we'll move a Studio B over there. Maybe we'll do one of our. Hey, maybe when we do one of our well dones over there with the ladies, mm. maybe maybe me and you'll do Studio B. Mm. We'll do Studio. We have Studio C too. We haven't used Studio C yet. Yeah, but well, Studio C is a a black wall with a TV screen. Um, but we're, we're still in Studio A. We love Studio A because of this cottonwood table. Ben is the manufacturer of this table. Well, God is the manufacturer of the table, but he is the guy who finished the work. You finished the work of God to make it in the state. In America. Made it, in America. Made in the Believe USA. Made in Illinois, probably. Yeah. I mean. yeah wow. So I'm at the table here. Got Mother Beth to the right of me, our co-host today, along with Donna Kronuski, who's also our executive producer as a co-host, and Ben Otolini here. And as well, of over there, we've got on his own camera, a better camera than all of our cameras. He's the most known techno wizard executive director for <laughs> On the Dock, Lucas Winkler. He has the best camera. Look at our, ca our cameras look like crud. We look like fog. Look like a fog bank just moved in. It makes me look like 15 years older. I know. I know. I'm fatter. I, look, I just got fat. I mean, look at this. Is not good. I'm about to blow out the chair here. Gosh. I mean, I, we, oh, I think you look great. I know. Thank you so much. If we turn this, <laughs> if we turn the cam, these are, these are 16 by nine cameras. If we turned them up, I would be tall. <laughs> we could do sideways. Do side. We could do the camera sideways, yeah. and then I would be stretched out, and I would look like Ed Too Tall Jones. That'd be great. He's an old Dallas Cowboys player, big tall guy. All right, we're we're, we're here on the dock. Here we're getting ready to get into part 
Oh, whoa, I'm in the wrong part here. I'm trying to look here. I was fixing to bring up part three, and I don't want to see part three. What I want to see is, boom, part four. Amazing. New callings bring new perspectives, new relationships. The high calling we've been talking about in this series is all about helping people get past that initial call. Call is salvation. You get saved, but you're not done. You're actually just starting the journey. That's the starting point. Uh, the high calling is the process to get there. And of course, the kingdom of God is our finishing point. We're trying to get get done. It's just the beginning of the, uh, what do they call that when they go like on the, on, on the I was going to say the Muppets, but it's the, you know, when, earlier, what, the little Hobbit people. When they go on, when, 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 I think the Muppets went on a journey too. Did they? They did I the big adventure. Did. The Muppets' big adventure. Order, yeah, oh, no. they were trying to go someplace with Fozzie and them. Yeah, I yes. love that. That's my, that's my speed right there. All right, so 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 really, so 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 they were going on a journey or a quest, you know, and then they, they go on a quest or a journey. Well, our quest is to help people toward the high calling. So you're you're, you're trying to get to the quest to, to kind of get to the kingdom of God. And what we've been talking about is to do that. Yeah, you 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 have to build along the way you build faith you build new faith each day as god moves you get more new faith and you step out a little further it requires new courage because the new courage means you got to climb a little steeper take on a little bit bigger issue newer challenge and such but then what's really cool about it as you get the momentum from what we're going to talk about today as you get momentum in the high calling you begin to get new perspective you begin to see things differently. I think early in the sermons, uh, sermon series, and also if you go back to like maybe project, I mean, uh, the part one, um, we talked about Acts 2. In Acts 2, it talk, mentions the early church, and it talks about how the early church so, uh, held everything in common. They, 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 they sold whatever they need to to help each other out. They took care of each other. And, you know, we, we're radically around here at our church right now trying to encourage people to say, you know, you hold fast to the Lord, and we'll help you with, we'll help you raise your kids as a church family. We'll help you in times of emergency. And, and God forbid we have to make a stand for Jesus Christ, and you have this challenge or that challenge. I want to be a church at Community of Faith here where, we, where I serve as pastor. Ben, all of us here are part of that team. Everybody here is part of that. Uh, we want to be a church that's there for each other. We want to be an Acts 2 church where we're there for each other through the thick and the thin. We're community, common unity in Christ. And we want to be what the church was then. When that church did that, they grew by thousands. They were blessed by thousands because people saw real church, real church, real family. And, and that I think that when I say this to people today, I get the comment. We, we meet, uh, um, Ben and I were meeting with a pastor this week. Good man, fine man of God. And we were just talking about our vision and how we're supporting people like this in our church. And it was like, dude, that's radical. You know, it is radical, but it's not new. It's radical like in that, well, that's never been thought of. It has been thought of. It's called the Acts 2 Church. They were doing it in the beginning. That's how the church started. Somehow we've gotten off that and we've gotten to think church is kind of a social organization geared for me. You know, I'm like, I, I bought a ticket and, you know, the show starts at seven and, and why's Ben late? And gosh, I don't really like that costume. He's got that wool hat on. It makes me hot. You know, he ought to wear something that's more comfortable for me. You know, I don't care if he, you know, Ben, you know, a lot of your heat comes out your head and, you know, Ben's very smart guy. He doesn't want that to get out. He wants to keep that in yeah, there. So I'm cold write, headed. So you can write songs, right? You want to be smart, you know, yeah, I've got cold, be head smart. cold head syndrome. Well, it's so, consumerism. But people look and go, well, I don't really like that. Why is he wearing that? Yeah. You know, you know, shopping. you know, it's, 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 it's 75 balmy degrees in here right now. You know, it's not really, but, uh, but, but it looks good on him. I think his head looks good. I think your head looks great. But, but, but people look at that and they go, well, the worship leader, the sound, the, the, it's all about me. Am I getting, I'm, we almost have a consumer driven mentality today in the church. Don't you think almost where, where it's, it's what it's, what's in it for me. What's in it for yep. you. Uh, my family's happy with this. We're not happy with that. Well, well, let's try this one down the road. We don't really like Casey's. Let's try Huck's. They're shopping around. Oh, yeah. That's a bad move, by the way. 
Oh, yeah, it's a bad move. Okay, Casey's, has, Casey's. Superior, Casey's yeah. has superior pizza. In every way. It's the best gas station pizza in the world. 100%. Yeah, Beth worked at... Do you guys know Beth worked at Casey's? Really? No. Do you know she was the pizza... She was the donut girl, and and she baked pizza. You could bake pizzas. And mm-hmm. She was she worked in the little restaurant park. Yes. Yeah. She's a donut donuts. maker. You got that breakfast pizza restaurant? She got it for years. She got it, made the donuts. Got it very early in the morning, made the donuts. She called me one day and said, hey, somebody broke in the store. You got to come, you know, knocking down the store and stuff. Somebody drove through it. They drove through it or something like that. Yeah. No, they just broke out the front door because he came out of the bar and he needed some cigarettes and Mountain Dew, and they were already they were closed. So he opened the door. Did he have Casey's rewards? (laughs) It was before the rewards program. So Beth was was the first person there. She found the door open, so she said, "I'm not going in there." It wasn't open. It was gone. It was gone. gone. He took the door off the hinges. No, he broke it. (laughs) He broke it. Nothing like a little crime in the little village of Pawnee. Population, 250 people. That's oh why I wouldn't. Oh, man. Yeah, very small town. Very small town. But we, our church had more people than the population. So it's good. <laughs> we had two churches that were both very strong in that in that town, too. Two, the Assembly of God Church was strong, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how that's the town where we took over the school board with, with one election. We just got all the churches. That, we just, the churches connived, you know. If the church would do that again, we'd mm-hmm. connive. We could, we could fix some of our problems locally, too, couldn't we? We Someday. can't agree with each we, other. We long can't enough agree to- long enough to understand. I know we, we got to get past that. We got to get to the high call, and then we would agree. Um, so we're going to talk about new perspective that comes and new relationships come. Let's let's get into this and, and see what we can do. Let me back up to where the right notes are. I hope I, hope I got the right notes here. I'm kind of I'm kind of getting a little I'm kind of getting a little nervous. I got the wrong note, the wrong notes set up for this. Oh no, I got I got the right notes. Praise the Lord. Pass the grits. So we've said all along that the breaking points, and we may come back to this in a roundtable here in a minute, but but you cannot get out of the gate and get off the pew and get into the high calling without first deciding I'm going to live for my integrity over image. You've got to make a decision that I'm going to scrap what people think and, and what, what I need to look like. And so we always said, first of all, you got to, you got to go with your integrity always over your image. We said you're going to have to choose faith over tradition. Doesn't mean tradition's bad. It just means it can't be worshipped over Jesus. And we also want you to understand that we to, to get to the high calling, you gotta see yourself as a son and daughter of the most high first. And son of man is a secondary characteristic. It's not your first allegiance. And finally we said that you've got to live for the future the latter rain, the spring rain, the hope of what God can bring, and not live on the laurels of what happened yesterday. If we do that, we begin to worship what we've accomplished, not what God will do. So those are, those are key things to get started. Once you get started, we've learned that to get to the third day, the third day is that, that kingdom of heaven experience. We have to have that to get there. We got to march from being called into what he called us to do. And that requires that new faith. And we're talking about the new courage, which we talked about. And now today we're gonna be talking about new perspective and new relationship. And we talked about a new faith that faith builds on faith, faith in process. It's up on the screen there. Next level faith, faith led by conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's like a mustard seed growing. It's faith of sheer obedience. All this has to do with the fact that your faith grows by experience. Just like we've been talking about through the whole series. If you're a weightlifter and you want to go up in your bench press, then you got to be faithful with the weight you start with. You work through that weight and then you go to the next weight. I always do weight. I don't know how, how you get, did it been and with a physique like Lucas Lucas may be naturally physique like that I don't know I mean the camera loves him over there but I I I did the the way I could push my weights up really fast was stress my muscles every lift more and I was a big fan that's why Josh was so strong when we did football and stuff he could push he could push a crowd we did uh, weights on a pyramid scale called 108642 and then we did burnouts 
gosh. So you started with like 50% of your weight and you pumped it out 10 times. Then you went to, you know, 55, 60, 65, 70. So at the two, you were lifting about 80% of your weight. But the thing about your weight was you've already burned all this out. So you had a lot of buildup when you got to the two. About once a month, you do a max out. You come back in and just do your max. And then you set your new pyramid based on your new max. And you'd be amazed doing that. Ten, you'd be doing, never do more than 80% of your weight, you know, in that workout. 10, 8, 6, 4, 2. And then the last 10, you come back and do 10. You just do 10. What we did, 10, 8, 6, 4, 2, then burn out. You come back and strip it back down to the 10 weight, to your 10 weight. Sometimes even below that and just do as many as you can, just till your muscles are exhausted. You'd be amazed. You got the 10 done. The first time you eight six four two, you can come back and do more than the ten. You can maybe do twelve, fifteen, twenty because it's backed off on your muscles, but you're stretching them, you're pulling them. And I found that every month I would increase in weight. Your muscle, you pushed your muscle, you burnt your muscle out. Your muscle got sore. Guess what happened? You had to heal. You grew. Your your body says you need more muscle. So the body put. As long as you ate the right things and got the right sleep and right the, the right the right rest, your muscles expanded. And I, I typically grew. Every now and then you get a plateau. But typically, if you got a plateau, it's because you'd stayed out too much. You weren't getting sleep. You weren't doing something right. And so typically, what I need to do is get around other people that would help me jumpstart me or inspire me to get back on it. So I find faith is faith is developed, and you work it out. And if you sit on your laurels, then the church doesn't need a lot of faith because sitting on your laurels doesn't take any. And we're experts at that right now. I think the church is experts at sitting on its laurels. And, and I don't think that's, that's something that we should be proud of. What do you guys think? I think the church has done that for so long that that people are shocked by churches that don't do that because that's, they think that's the normal thing. That's why you're sounding so radical with your ideas of right. supporting people who are standing on faith. We've come to the conclusion that it's our job to sit on the laurels. It's not just foreign to the lazy churches. It's offensive to them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so the right. concept of being an axe church is something like, like that's like prehistoric stuff. That's like, that's like archaic, you know, we don't yeah. do that. That's those people died. Those people had bad times, you know, the Romans hated them. And then you they, know. they come up with fake reasons to be mad at each other and cause division in the church. Right. We've gotten confused about what our task, our task is not us. Our task is his calling. Yeah. High right. calling. Uh, so we looked at that in faith. We went on in the next series. I think it's important. We looked at the fabric of what comes when you start stretching your faith, you get courage. Courage calls you to do more and it causes you to reach further. So when I bench press out that 10, 8, 4, 6, 4, 2, do that for about three weeks, four weeks. And I knew when it was easy, when that two popped up and, and I was going on the burnout, instead of doing 10, 12, I was doing 20 reps with it. I knew I was stronger. And so I was ready to test my weight, reset my scale, and take on the new thing. Because I, I used to be scared of the old number, and now the new number was easy. I had faith for it. I had I, Now I had courage to take on, let's put two more plates on there. I can take it now. You know, I wasn't scared. Because even though it would be a new high for me, the high wasn't like the mountain. It was just the next step. It's one thing if you have to jump from one step to the sixth step, and you go, man, that's going to be a heck of a vertical. But if you know that you can get to the next step, then you can get there. And even if your steps take you up 20 feet, as long as there's another step, you can go 22 feet, 24 feet. And so I think faith is not crazy. I don't think faith is radical. I don't think really God calls us often to jump 20 feet vertically either. I think God, if you look at the Bible in Isaiah, it says he builds precept upon precept, line upon line, precept upon precept, line. meaning God never gonna give you more than you can handle. He's not going to ask you to be Superman, but he is going to ask you to be faith 
be, have faith that he'll have a step for you. So step up and see. And I think a lot of us just don't, don't, don't want to do the, do the due diligence or do the effort of making the climb at all. We just want to sit on the laurels. And so new, we got to understand that we can be one among a thousand and make a difference. We can make a difference if we get up. And right now we're in a situation where literally there's only about one or two Christians per every thousand, what used to be Christians anyway. So we're going to have to really have God help us make a difference because we're almost, we're starting to become, I I think we, we really are. I think we're starting to become a remnant. Christianity is becoming a remnant religion. And I think that's happening right now. But that's and, how God likes to work. He likes to work through. He does. Yeah. But does he want, did he really want us to fail him and, and get scaled down no, to a remnant? But, no, but he, he is even more glorified when he, when he gets done, he's going to say, you guys certainly didn't do this recovery. It took me. Right. Right. He did that all the time. He, he widowed, he widowed all those warriors down right. to Gideon to down to 300 mm-hmm. just so they couldn't get any glory for anything. Right. And maybe God's wanting to do something magnificent here. And he's just trying to get the real Christians to stand up and show what real Christ can do. Mm-hmm. Get rid of all the laurel sitting consumerism driven Christians and go from there. So, the so yeah, we talked to the wheat and the chaff. Exactly. We did mention that when you do courage, you're going to risk being misunderstood. There's lots of things. People are going to think you're showboating, that you're going against tradition, that you're, that you're, that you're, that you're literally paying the price of walking. You're going to walk alone. You have to do it by yourself. We're not going to help you, you know, but, but you need to have the conviction that I can change. If God is for me, who can be against me? If God's called me to it, one can change a thousand to flight. So we, we've got to have conviction and we're going to have to start seeing some people and some, and I think everything I'm talking about, whether you go with the person or whether you go with the church or whether you go with like, like the community, the larger revival of, of the community, I, I think it's all the same. I think, I think if, if my family, Beth and I, if as for me and my house, if we'll do the right thing, God will bless us collectively. If our community of a church of families will together do the right things, he'll bless that church. Mm-hmm. And I think if a community will collectively come together and honor the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll bless that community. And I think that goes for the region, for the state, for the nation and for the world. Yeah. And right now we're braided down right now to basically a few families standing their ground, some churches here and there showing a little bit of life source, but largely most of the churches today, pretty anemic families, pretty anemic Christians embarrassed to be called a Christian or afraid of what their family and friends are going to think if they think they're a Christian, because if I'm a Christian, I must be intolerant. I must be bigoted, all this stuff. So I, I think we, at every level, if I commit myself with faith and courage, whether it be an individual level, family level, church level, community level, God will, will step up there and help you. But I think it's very thin right now. You know, I think it's like one of amongst a thousand right now. It's very difficult. There's a lot of people that are Christians. As I, as I said, there's a lot of people making stands right now, but, but a lot of people in the process are standing alone. So let's get into the new stuff. What, what I want to say is the next step of this is really cool. In Corinthians, there's an incredible, credible, credible done by Paul. Remember, Paul wrote Philippians. Uh, Philippians is our main text for this whole thing. Let me go back and read Philippians 3.14. Paul said that we, he wanted us to move past salvation. Philippians were all a saved church. It was Christian church. He was saying, you guys, you're saved, but you just started the journey. You got this whole adventure ahead of you for God. You need to press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He's got something better for your family. He's got something better for your church. He's got something better for your community. He's got better things. And ultimately, you walk into the kingdom of God if you keep going up those steps. He wants more for you. Will we achieve it? I don't know. But if each one of us have the free will to decide whether we'll be a part or not. 
Mm-hmm. So it's in our hands and the gospel is at hand. Jesus did everything we needed to get us there. And so when you get over to Paul's writing to the Corneth church, they had a lot of issues. He wrote them and he said this about this. And I think this really elevates what we're going to be looking at here in new, uh, looking at new, new faith, new courage, but also new perspective and new relationship. He says, for we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. In other words, he's saying, if we lose everything, you have nothing to lose, right? Right. That's, that's radical, radical, but it says it for in this, we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our own, with our habitation, which is from heaven. If we indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. Verse four, for we who are in this tent groan being burdened, not because we want, want to be unclothed. I'm about to get the hiccups. That's scary. <laughs> not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God who is given us the spirit as a guarantee. Verse six, listen to this. So we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, even though guys, we're getting our teeth kicked in right now as Christians in the community, we could still be home because we are absent from the Lord for we walk not by what's around us. We walk by faith. And I define that walk by faith is that's the new faith. We walk by new faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well-pleased, rather than to be absent from the body, to be present the Lord. So I always tell people, hey, if they kill me today, you go out and serve the Lord, you do something, they kill you for it, they, they take you down, you know, the church doesn't like it, they want, hey, the sooner they kill me, the quicker I can get home and be with Jesus. So you can almost, when you get far enough up the mountain, it's almost like Paul at some point in time says, well, I was beaten to death four times, they rotted me this time and that time, oh, crud. I woke up in the ditch. I thought I was finally dead and going to be with God. And I woke up again. You can almost sense Paul's mad. The last couple of times he woke up, yeah. he just wanted to be with God. Yeah. God, why won't you let this thorn pass for me? Come on. I'm ready. You know, to live, to die is to gain. He said, Paul said, verse seven, we are confident. Yes. Well, please rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. It'd be fine if this is over verse nine. Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent to be well-pleasing to him. What if we just made a radical decision that no matter what absent or present, whether people like me or don't like me, I'm going to see if I can please God, pure hands, clean heart, see him. I don't care what you think. Mm -hmm. Verse nine. Therefore, it's our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Man, if everybody could get in their mind that everybody's going to appear. Everybody's going to appear. Saint, sinner, goat, sheep, straight, gay, polka dot, black, white, fat, skinny. We're all rich, poor. We're all going to stand before God and be judged by what did we do with the time he gave us. Did we answer the call? Did we go toward the high calling? We're all going to be asked. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Wow, that's big. We're going to receive the things done in the body according to what he's done, whether good or bad. So if you did bad, not going to turn out good. If you did good, you reap what you what. So. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are well known to God. And also, I, I also trust are well known in your conscience. For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance, but not in heart. People are just bragging, but they're not real. Okay, verse 13. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is in you. For the love of Christ compels us. That's the new courage. The love of Christ 
drives us up out of our seat, drives us to push our, our ability to lift to a higher weight capacity spiritually. If I did this last week, I could maybe do this next week. God stretch me, push me so I can do more and more each day. I keep thinking of the song all week. It's been in my worship. It's an old song in the secret. And it's going to be in my sermon this week in the secret, in the quiet place. And it comes with, I, I want to know you more and more and more each day. I almost called you to do it, but I, I know it's so old of a song. You wouldn't even remember it. So I think I sent it to you. Yeah, I totally don't know it. Yeah. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> I, yeah, I want, to, I want to know you more. And the song goes, it's one of the few songs I can play on a guitar. Uh, used to play on a guitar. I want to know you. And, it, and the lyric goes, and I want to know you more and more and more. It has a building song to it. We need to understand God has a love for us that compels us, and it should drive us to want him more and more and more each day. Because why? We judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. In other words, it's, he covered our sins. We, we don't have to fear death again in Christ where we can live. Verse 15, and he, he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves. We shouldn't be living for ourselves anymore. But for him who died for them and rose again, we should live for Christ. He bought us with a price. Therefore, verse 16, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Verse 17, big finish. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled him, uh, us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. And here's the finale. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. New perspective. We're not living for ourselves. We're living to give the world a chance to hear Christ in us, to let him plead through us, let him live through us, to cause others to get to know him through our relationship with him. We implore you on Christ's behalf, Paul writes, be reconciled to God. We need to get things right with God so we can, be, we can serve God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He died not just to save us. He died so we could carry righteousness to other people as well. We weren't, he didn't die on the cross just to save me. He died on the cross to make me the righteousness of God again, to make me a full partner in the kingdom. And wouldn't I, if I want to be a full partner in the kingdom, wouldn't I care about my father's other children? To be a full father in the kingdom means that I'm going to be a brother like Jesus is. I'm going to be a brother to Jesus, a son to the father. And wouldn't a good son take care of his siblings and care for the father's family? Yeah. And how are we doing with that right now? Terrible. Because we're mostly thinking about what's in it for me. And nowhere in any do you see the word me in here. Nowhere in here do you see the word I. You just see him who was crucified and died for us and rose again. And you see him that's worthy of the ultimate sacrifice. That's the new perspective that we are God's ambassadors. How about that? And, and with the goal, I'll back up two slides. We're God's ambassadors. Right here it is. As though God were pleading through us. The goal is that we would live as his ambassadors in such a way that our actions only represent his will for his people. In other words, my opinion in my preaching is only my opinion and I should never exalt it to be what God would have. Mm -hmm. I try to do that sometimes when I give my opinions, I'll say, well, this is level one, this is level two. You know, I try to separate that because sometimes we, I mean, we all have free will, we all have opinions, <clears throat> but they should, that should never be above what's right. That should ne never be above what's holy.
What do you think about the fact that God's called all of us in this room to be his ambassador, to be, to be his chosen one, to be his person for the moment? You know, everybody listening. It's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of responsibility. Mm -hmm. we're, we're called, I mean, it's, it, it's a big lift. And, you know, and, and the less people, you know, if you have, if you have a, when you, when you do a casket, like I'm a pastor, so I've done a lot of funerals, usually on a casket, you have six people, three on the left, three on the right. Sometimes if you have a heavy person, the funeral helper will help on the back and the left. I've seen eight on certain ones where people were relatively large. You know, in my size, I'll have to have 10, 12. <clears throat> but I was, I was at a funeral one time when it was so cold and nobody liked the person so much that the, the pallbearers were me, the driver, and the funeral director. Mm. There were three of us. We were the only ones at the funeral. I did it out at Salem at, at, a, at a Moravian cemetery. And, and it, I, I was doing the funeral for somebody, didn't know him. Just, I said, would you, the, the, he left instructions for somebody to say words over him. We got out there and the, the guy in the car said, well, it's just me and the funeral director and you. We want to just get back in. It was cold. It was very cold. It was snowing and all that stuff. And, um, and he said, I guess there's nobody to talk to. I said, well, I think we're going to say some words over this guy. I think, I think we can care enough about our brother here to, Send him off. I said, I didn't know him, but somebody was his mama one time. Somebody was his dad one time. And so we said a few words over him. We, we, when we carried him, there was only three of us. I never knew a casket could be that heavy. When you just have three people carrying it out, it was tough. It was a load. It was a heavy load. You know, when you get six people on it, it's easy. We're in a situation right now where the church is so anemic that we're having to carry on the work of the Lord a lot of times with two and three people doing the work that was really intended for a whole church to do or a whole family to do. So it's going to require those of us that are going to continue to do the work. We're going to have to do some, we're going to have to work our faith out a little bit. We're going to have to get in good shape and we're going to have to believe quickly. God's going to call other people to come help us, you know, because I think we're pretty anemic, but the lift that we got to make is pretty heavy. Well, I think that something that's uh, invaded our society, our modern society is this um, idea that, we shirk our responsibilities. We, we find excuses for not taking responsibility for our actions or taking consequences for our actions. And I think it's infiltrated the church as well because we're shirking the responsibility of the Great Commission. We're shirking the responsibility that this scripture gives us that we are the ambassadors and we have a job to do. Yeah. So we dodge. We dodge our responsibility just like all of society is trying to find ways to not be held accountable for anything. Their, yeah, for their church. We have it's a, somebody else's fault. We have a heavy yeah. lift to make as a church because society's lost the church. But mm -hmm. because there's so few remnant lifting, it makes the lift extra heavy for Absolutely. those. So it is requiring radical faith right now to start the process. But I do believe as we begin to see the church move, others will come in and begin to help. Like the girl came in up to help me mm -hmm. with the loft. You know, faith exudes faith that exudes faith. And there's a wonderful text here. I think we'll get there in a minute, but it's a, you know, we're able to call things as though they're not as though they were. So, so as some of us that have mature faith, keep pushing other people's faith will be built by what they see us doing and their faith will be added to the mix and together collectively will be greater. That way when it's a lot easier to carry a casket when you got six than when you have three, mm -hmm. you know, the work will get lighter. The question is, I think the church had a heyday and we saw good growth in the church. And when you see good growth in church, people go, well, I don't need to lift anymore. There's plenty of people. Right. And we forget that it's not about just making us happy. It's about getting everybody. And I think there's times when we've had prosperity. And like you said, sometimes Beth said earlier that we, we do better in, in, in times of, of difficulty. So maybe God's going to make us push our capacity, but maybe we not get lazy 
and, and get satisfied, may we keep pushing mm-hmm. to the higher call. Well, the church has always flourished when it's being pressed. Always been, always, always. always. I don't understand why it can't stay up there once God's blessed it. It's it, like, you can't, I know you can't live on the mountain. The air's too thin. It gets easy. Yeah, it gets easy. And then you think I did it. And then you've mm-hmm. taken the wrong credit. And it, hey, I want to take a look at this. Uh, this is the main heart of this. Five ground rules to live out the higher calling from new perspective. Because you get the new faith, you get the new courage, but you've got to begin to get his eyes or you'll get, you, you'll get big headed, you'll get wrong headed. So number one is we learned in the text, we live as tent dwellers. We've got to understand you and I, Live as tent dwellers. Second Corinthians five one right here says, "For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands." In other words, if the worst thing happens to us, we're going to be okay because God has us. It, we're, we're, what we're in is a tent, and even if it gets destroyed, it's nothing compared to the mansion He's built for us in glory. Right. There's an old There's an old hymn. I don't think I've ever heard you do it, but I've got a mansion over the hilltop. There's a great hymn of the church. I've that got, one I don't know. Yeah, I've got a mansion right over the hilltop in that bright valley, something like that. Yeah. Where I'll never grow old. It's a beautiful little hymn. I mean, it's. I mean, they used to do that big time in energy. Uh, what's yep. your face really like that yep. song? I've got a mansion. You'll write that down. I haven't heard anything reworked on that, and it was a top top song. I've got a mansion. Beautiful song. Yeah, or, or, I was thinking today. You know, we worked hard last night cleaning out the pantry. And my whole body hurt today. I was so sore and so tired. Why would you? <laughs> why would you fight to keep that body in, instead of what God has for you? I mean, I'm not saying I want to kick off anytime soon. But if I did, why would I want? Why would I want what I'm having to tolerate here over what He's promised? Paul says to die is to gain for Christ. To die for Christ is to gain. Right. I don't think we actually believe it. So I think a lot of people. No, don't we don't believe. because and you really can't. It's hard to believe something that you haven't seen, you haven't experienced. That's why it's faith. Faith is, you know, hope in the unseen. Yeah, but I th- well, we'll get to. I got. I'm sure we've done a good question for the for the for the roundtable later. So we'll we'll hit that in a minute. I'll save it. But I think you've inspired me with that. You know, we we've got to. You know, I think a lot of times we don't realize we we don't think our faith really will lead to something real and so we hedge our bets by maybe protecting a little bit of ourselves risk a little bit here and we've got kind of a wager it's like like three to two odds you know or two to three odds but you know what we got a backup plan got a backup plan just in case he's not there when i jump he's not there then then we all go into oblivion what's the difference i mean if you do if you follow these precepts it's going to make everybody's life better. Yeah, what do you got to lose? What do you have? Right. To, and I don't think people realize that. I yeah. think they get selfish and trying to live for themselves all right now. Right. And you just really can't and do that. And it's a miserable existence. Five ground rules for living out the higher calling from a new perspective. Second one, in that land, we come as ambassadors. So we have to remember we're not self-representatives. So much of the fight inside a church has to do with people trying to represent their own ideas and push them across another person or another mm-hmm. group of people. And we got to remember, it's not our church, it's his church. What we need to take a look at is what the word of God say and what is the gifts and the calling that we have here. And, and, and I always ask the question, why shouldn't we be doing this? Is there a biblical reason we shouldn't be doing it? Has God called us to do something else? Do we not, you know, not, not, you know, can we, why shouldn't we? Because God's an enabler, not a disenabler. A lot of people think, well, I need God to tell us to do this. God's not going to do that. God, God, God's not going to call. He'll give you direction, but until your foot hits the water, he doesn't part the sea. 
You know, you've got to step out. He may correct your journey, may, may change your paths, but he doesn't typically give you the whole picture of it while you're sitting on your butt. No. Right. Even, even, even Abraham had to start the journey before he could find out where he was going. Mm. And yeah. he was a friend of God. Mm-hmm. You'd think a friend of God could get the GPS coordinates sooner. So <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5.20 says we are ambassadors and through God as, as we're pleading to us. Uh, number three, uh, we are living on a limited time green card, so we must act now. A lot of us need to understand that we need to use our gifts and talents while the master is waiting on us mm-hmm. because we don't know when our time's up and when we'll be judged for what we've done. So we, we need to see ourselves not as residents here, but ambassadors, tent dwellers, and that means that we have a certain amount of time to affect this planet for Jesus Christ. We need to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. You know, we need, we, need to, we need to work as hard as we can while we can because look what Hebrews says. Hebrews says, for this world is not our home, we're looking forward to our city in heaven, which is yet to come. So we need a plan like we're not gonna be here forever and make the best of it while we can, all right? And number four, our problems are his problems and our blessings are his blessings. That's why I said, you know, if he gives me something I can't handle and it stops me in the process and I go, hey, I'll wait here till you tell me where to go or till you make me a breakthrough or till you get into me what I need to get in here or what I learned. And like Beth said, I think it's very perceptive. I, you know, I, I had to sit on that bench up there and work on that wall for three weeks crying, you know, the last whole week before I kind of broke on what all had happened to me in the past. And it was then that God sent somebody up. He just needed three weeks for me to break. So he could get me ready to be expanded, to be able to go to the next level and carry the next water because I was a broken vessel from a previous journey. The potter needed me on the wheel for a certain amount of time. Right. And then we ended up staying there for 10 years, the longest other than here. It's the longest. Yeah. Yeah. We just passed, you know, we passed here about two years ago. I can't believe that either. I'm a church planner. Yeah, just, but, but we could have very easily said, no, we're not staying here. We're I, out. I could have gone we're out. Yeah. Cause I, we were that hurt. And we were that so hurt. We were so hurt we couldn't move with that. We couldn't hear God well enough to move. And so I decided as soon as I could get healed up enough to hear God, I'd get going. And then when I got going, he said, well, just look what you got right here. Yeah. I thought, oh, come on. <laughs> you know? Classic. Yeah. Yeah, classic God. Yeah, classic God. Exodus 6-7 yeah. says, be I will, take, I will yeah. take you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I'm the Lord for God, your God who brings you out from under the burdens of Egyptians. Or it was right there where I discovered God was with me all along. Mm-hmm. You know, I just had to get my hair clear. And lastly, oh, I got this spelt wrong. Look at this. Our grants. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> Our grants. I do my own stuff here. Oh, so that's that's yeah. a good word. Oh, grants. Our grants are his grasshoppers. <laughs> Sounds like a children's book. Like, for, for those on for the Doctor Seuss right here. For those on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Pass, I spelled perfectly. It says our giants. Oh, it's by do, by for those Dr. looking Seuss. on YouTube or rumbling, you see my text. It's our grants are his grasshoppers. Our giants, our biggest problems, are nothing but a bug in front of him. And if we could see from his perspective, we would see that too. We have been known to have a numbers thirteen. 33 perspective, which says there we saw the giants, the descendants of the Anak come from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers. That doomed those 10 spies. Those grants scared them, (laughs) and it caused the children of Israel to die. A whole generation died in the wilderness. My home church died because they saw our departure as giants leaving the church, and they didn't realize God could have raised up whatever it takes to do it. And so... Rather than looking forward, they were so worried about the future yeah. that they condemned themselves. Mm-hmm. Isaiah says, Isaiah also says, it's he who sits above the circle of the earth. I love that. 
He sits way above. And its inhabitants are like grass. He looks down and goes, man, that's a little small thing. It's a little twinkle, twinkle, little star, you know. It's nothing to God. And we always think, like, well, he can't handle this. He can handle it. He Look, he built this with a word. There was no dirt. There was no nothing. And he spoke, and there was light, and the light and darkness. Separate. He built it all in seven days, too. Wow. I mean, I can't do I mean, it. T- this room here took us several building episodes to just get these walls up. You know, they're, they're fake walls, demo walls, and, you know, beautiful. It took, a, it took God a lot longer to make this tree than it did for us to make this room. But, but you know, God stands up there, and it's just nothing to him. I, I really think that's important for us to stand. And I believe that we need to understand when we get our the new perspective, when, when new faith causes us to walk by faith. You know, new faith builds faith. New courage allows us to be of good courage. Uh, Psalm 27, 14, I read this in, in one of the other episodes. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and then he also strengthen your heart. So you have the new faith, you step out, you have the courage, and that goes back and gives you more faith, builds the strength of your heart, gives you more faith, builds the strength of your heart. It's like that working out with the gym. You know, your faith grows. Wait, I say on the Lord. And maybe times come when you just have to wait a little bit. And then he builds your strength again and you go. I just see the whole thing as an exercise of God growing us in He's still working on me. He's got a plan for me and he's got a purpose for you. And he may use me to help you that purpose and somebody else to do the other purpose. But right now, uh, I think the church is thwarted because we are his hands and feet. And so many of his hands and feet are sitting idly by right now. Um, I want to take a look at this as we get close to wrapping up, but I want to say a couple things and we're going to come back in the, in the discussion around here in a minute and just take on a couple fun things before we wrap up this series. Uh, there's a last blessing, the new perspective. We see things from God's perspective. It also opens up what I call the last blessing, which is we begin to form new relationships. What I've been blessed by throughout my life is nothing but spectacular relationships. Uh, my daughter was in Alaska working and ran across somebody that we administered to didn't know she was a Benetton didn't know anything but her mannerisms and the look of her face. Wow. She said, are you a Benetton? Hmm. Yeah. My dad's a pastor. Oh, your dad. I know your dad. Dad's a pastor here and here and here. You're a Benetton. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's wild. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy to be in Alaska. You know, you know, we've built relationships with people that we didn't even know that we knew that we knew. And then what's funny about this is we've got people around the world that we've got connections with churches and stuff like that, you know, and then now we've got, we've also got connections with people in the churches in Thailand and Africa now that we'll never meet because our work precedes us. Our faith has gone out there. It's developed new, new young pastors are out there leading our small churches. Uh, they're starting their own cell groups that I haven't been able to get back to. There's whole little cell groups that have developed that I've never even been there. I'm like grandpa that they've never met or great grandpa that they've ever met. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're going to have relationships that we'll never know about. Even at Highland, that was true. The majority of the people that are there now. I, I wasn't had, their pastor. Yeah, they didn't know us. Yeah, about 25 families that knew us and the rest of the families were all new. And in every parish I've served, I've, 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 I've had relationships that I, I could never have imagined. And I could, I, I could not have gotten there without taking the next step in that calling. So when you don't take that step of faith, when you don't take that step of courage, you don't take on God's perspective, think about what you might be missing in who that next relationship was. And I think it's so cool. You're going to be blessed as you make the journey with incredible relationships along the way. People to start the journey. 
a young girl, I'm, you know, that comes up and helps me on the, on, on the seat up there. We have a relationship to this day, you know, still follows me online and stuff. And, and, you know, it's amazing, but not, nothing's more important than the relationships that we give uh, with Jesus Christ as we get closer and closer to the presence of God. So as we, as we get out of this series and get into the round table for it and kind of wrap it up, I, I want us to remember that the promise of the great commission is to help us empower us and equip us for the high calling. So we, we read the great commission a lot, but the great commission is what we're to do. We're called. That's the beginning GPS points and the kingdom of God returning is the end. But in between there, we've been commissioned to go do stuff and Jesus ordered us to go do it. And he says these words, let me, let me read these words. Everybody knows them, but Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He's the guy that circles around the earth up there. Remember, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all these things that I've commanded you. So go do all this stuff, reach to the higher calling and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of age. I'm with you in the journey. When you go, when, when the Muppets or the um, Hobbits, Hobbits <laughs> or the Lord of the Rings go on their journey, when we go on our spiritual journey and we step out for God, he actually promises he's with us along the ride. That's why he knows when to step in with the woman when the U-Haul door closes. That's why he knows when you just can't take it anymore and he sends that person to bless you. That's why he knows that you need your miracle here or there because he's actually walking alongside you. And when you can't walk anymore, he's prepared to catch you because the Bible says underneath you are the everlasting arms. He is the arms. And, but, and then he will also use us to be that for other people. And, and, and sometimes the arms he uses are ours for somebody else. Our prayer should be to open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart that I, that our church, our family, our community, that we might see things as he sees Mm -hmm. and keep our eye fixed on the mission. And lo, if we could just see it, he's walking right next to us the whole time. Mm. Yeah. This present darkness is a good book series, old books. We, I, I would love to see that come back out again and get mm-hmm. hot again. This present darkness is all, it's all novel, but it, but it's all pictured of the fact that there's a whole spiritual realm there going on. And as we walk from place to place, it, it, the, 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 it shows a picture of seeing where the spirits are. And I remember in the book, it's always profound to me that the person's walking in and he sees the pastor's home and he, and he sees the evil spirit sitting on the mantles and trying to get in and pierce the home. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded that if we could just see that they're there, but at the same time, the warring angels are there keeping them from getting in. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're serving him, no weapon formed against us can prosper. Screw tape letters. Screw tape letters are another great mm-hmm. example of that. I think it's just wonderful. Hey, we're going to come back in the grand finale here. Uh, we've been in number four on relationships and perspectives, but in the grand finale, we got a few questions we're going to come back and talk about. You want to catch the next podcast called The High Calling, the Roundtable Discussion. We're going to just kind of rock it loose. There'll be very little teaching and all just fun fair, fun fair. So check us out and do that. It's been good to be here with you on this session. So make sure you check us out. You can check us out by going to onthedoc.org and email us at info at onthedoc.org. Check us out at all of our different platforms. If you can't find one, <laughs> we'll get a new one, I guess. But uh, you can go to you can go to YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, SermonNet. We'd love to hear from you on our social media partners. We have a social media presence through On The Doc at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and new with Getter. And we'd love for you to subscribe, hit like, and notify, tell others about us, call us and tell us about us, write us and tell us about us, like us, 
we'd love to hear from you on Telegram. We just want to see if Telegram works. Uh, check us out on there, and we'd always love to have you as our Patreon partner or sponsor. You can go to Patreon site and check that out. If you don't know how to get to Patreon, go to onthedoc.org, and we can tell you how to get there with a link there. And finally, if you don't have a church home, we'd love to have you. 10 o'clock on Sundays at Community Faith Church, Wednesday at 630s. And you can always watch us through our virtual campus at cuftv.com. We have a Facebook channel and a YouTube channel. We'd love to have you both live or virtual anytime. Thank you, guys. We'll be back real quick with another great episode at On The Dock, and we're going to get deep into, guess what, the signature roundtable discussion. We'll see you back soon at On The Dock. I'm Pastor Troy. Take care, guys. Thank you, guys.